Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. A fun day for Texan fans as we found out that, uh, to, uh, to very little surprise, I would say, but uh, to a lot of cheer, that J.J. Watt will be the third inductee into the Texans ring of honor. Well, if anybody was surprised by that, that must have been fake Disney on Pluto, because that's what everybody thought and predicted. And you knew it was going to be the Pittsburgh game since T.J. Watt plays for the Steelers. His son, his brother, Derek, is still a free agent, playing a fullback, which is uh, – a bad position to be playing in the NFL today. Hopefully he'll get a job, but if not, they'll all be here. Family will be here. It'll be a great day for Texans fans. And Sean, you know, other than playoff games, this might be the loudest a Texans crowd will be uh, what we hear when Watt is introduced of any crowd they've had in history. Yeah, I, I said this morning, John, on our show, because this news came down right in the middle of uh, Payne and Pendergast at, at 9 o'clock, so towards the end of the show, but we spent the whole last hour of the show on it. I think this will be the hottest ticket for sure since the playoff game against Buffalo, and I think it'll be interesting to see. It makes perfect sense to do it in the game against the Steelers because of the Watt family ties to the Steelers. The whole family can be there. It's early in the season, so presumably, you know, if this were a season that we're going sideways and it was in week 14 instead of week four, you never know what the crowd, although I think the, the, the crowd is, uh, I think probably when it comes to J.J. Watt, the crowd would be good any time of year. Um, but given the fact that it's the Steelers and the Steelers are typically a fan base that tends to invade other stadiums, uh, they're a national fan base, this feels like a ticket, John, that I think for the first time in a while – non-season ticket holders who are Texan fans might be seeking out this ticket. This might be their one game for the year. If you're somebody who goes to a game or you've been away from the stadium for a couple of years because the product has been not very good, um, that this could be a game, I think. This could end up being a, a hot ticket, I think, on week four. I think it'll be the hottest ticket of the year. Yeah. Um, by the way, the lowest price I looked on SeatGeek, John, the secondary market ticket app that I've got on my phone here, and the lowest – Priced ticket for this game is 147 bucks. The game with the next highest lowest price, I guess I'd call it, is New Orleans in week six, 62 bucks. So the lowest price ticket for the New Orleans game is 62. Everything else is in the 20 and 30 dollar range for the lowest price ticket. This one's 147 bucks. Now some of that is Steeler fans and you know supply and demand when it comes to the opposing fan base, but I got to imagine that Watt is playing in the, into this as well. Uh, the demand for this ticket. We always we all knew they were going to make the announcement at nine. I was at Fox 26 participating in a tribute to Mark Berman, whose last day on the air is Monday night at about 9:20, and he was live on the air. Uh, with his tribute with people, family around him, players coming in, players doing videos. He looks down at his phone as soon as he saw the announcement. And that's how I found out about it because I was waiting to go on. But they'll be talking about that right up until it happens. A lot of former players will be there. Watch that made a lot of good friends through the years. So it'll kind of be like a veteran's day yeah. that we used to see a lot in baseball, and some teams still do that. Yeah. Um, I felt too, John, like, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, you know, JJ, since he got let go from here at his request back in 2021, and he's been an Arizona Cardinal the last couple of years, 
I feel like JJ, he's never, he's, I'm sure had plenty of opportunities where he could say bad things about the Texans. They've given a lot of people plenty of reason to do that over the last couple of years, especially when Jack Easterby was in the building here. Um, JJ never took the opportunities to do that. He's always, I think his connection with the team the last couple of years has been everything, I think, from keeping an arm's length to being very selective about who he does pay compliments to. He never says bad things about anybody, it feels like, even though he might feel them. Um, this feels like the first like real hardcore reconnection with the Texans for J.J. Watt. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Cal McNair reached out to him about this. And, and I'll tell you something else. When he does his Zoom call with the Houston media Tuesday after practice, it'll be the first time the Houston media has had a chance to talk to him since he left. And so, you know, he's going to say all the right things because J.J.'s very smart about what he says, about what he puts on Twitter and, and other social media platforms. But it'll be fun to talk to him again because he was always a great interview, even after losses, when he give one-word answers. Uh, John, what is uh, – if you get first question on that Zoom call, what's the first question for J.J. Watt? Well, the first question is going to be what what how he feels about this, no matter – who ask it? Mm -hmm. um, and no Berman, as you point out, no Berman on that Zoom call. Berman's serious about his retirement. He will not be on that Zoom call on Tuesday. He, he will not be because his last day on at uh, KRIV is on Monday. Yeah. And then he's being, uh, uh, let's see, celebrated at City Hall with Mayor Sylvester Turner. Those two go back to the same dorm at U of H. Really? So he's he's gonna have his hands full. Oh, I didn't know that. They were dorm mates back in dorm the day. mates, yes. Oh they were. my god, that's that's tremendous. Oh wow, that'll be cool. Um, we'll talk more about Berman in a in a second here. All right, so JJ Watt going into the ring of honor. And I guess just last thing on that, John, and I think you've said this on this podcast and other outlets. Um, you think the next Texan to go into the ring of honor will be Jonathan Joseph? I think Jonathan Joseph is the one who's the most deserving after. J.J. Watt, because him signing as a free agent coincided with the revitalization of this franchise. In uh, 2011, Wade Phillips came in, Watt was drafted, Connor Barwin had missed the year before injured. They had a lot of good players, and they jumped up in the top three in defense, made the playoffs, won their first playoff game, and J.J. played a big uh, – J. Joe – played a big role in that, as did J.J. So I think Jonathan Joseph, what he meant on and off the field, yeah. where he was always a first-class pro in everything he did and said. That's interesting. Maybe we can hit this a little later in the week. I, I'm, I started thinking as you say that, John. Jonathan Joseph was a great player. He was really good. Not a Hall of Famer, but a really good football player. So I, I wonder, too, this is probably something you and I need some time to think about. Like, how many guys – exist right now retired Texans or maybe even still playing like Hopkins I think is ring of honor worthy he's still playing we'll get to Hopkins in a second like how many Texans uh how many how many human beings are walking around right now that belong in the Texans ring of honor like Joseph Hopkins like do you feel like I know Dwayne Brown is complicated as a player he deserves him but I know that that's a complicated situation with him and the McNairs but like Arian do you feel like Arian Foster is a ring of honor guy Arian Foster, to me, is right up there with Andre Johnson, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins as the greatest players in franchise history. 
Now, he didn't do it a long time, but he was among the best running backs in the NFL. And uh, Damian Pierce, over the course of the next four or five years, will have a chance to come close to what Arian Foster did. Foster played when they ran the ball a lot under Gary Kubiak, and they're going to run the ball a lot under Bobby Slowick. So I can't wait to see if Pierce can come close to doing what Foster did. Okay. That sounds like kind of a yes that Foster belongs in the Ring of Honor, John. I think he belongs in there, but I don't know if he'll get in there. It depends on the criteria about longevity. Yep, for sure. I, I think peak Arian Foster is one of the best running backs I've ever watched, you know, when he's healthy. I, the problem, as you allude to there, is that he only really had four healthy seasons as a as an NFL player. And even those seasons, he had he dealt with little nagging issues from time to time. Um, great player, though. Great player, no doubt. 